Listener Production. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to The Scorecard. I'm Brett Thomas, and this is your fast, fun hit of sport for Thursday, November 17. Today, those whinging palms copper serve, the Socceroos send out an SOS, golf's civil war shows no sign of ending, and state or country, the tough decision facing our rugby league stars. But first... Acts of bravery and courage are usually associated with what happens within the sporting arena, but I'd argue what Isaac Humphreys told his Melbourne United teammates and the world took more courage than anything he could possibly do on a basketball court. The 24-year-old becoming the first openly gay player in the NBL and only current player in a top-tier league around the world. Getting to this point, though, took a massive toll on his mental health. Look, this is going to be probably one of the hardest conversations I've ever had in my life. A few years ago, I fell into a very dark place, a very lonely place. I couldn't be who I am and I attempted to take my life. The main reason behind me becoming so low and and being in that point is because I was very much struggling with my sexuality and coming to terms with the fact that I'm gay. I decided that if I'm going to join a team that I'm going to come out publicly and just just make sure people know sorry that you can you can live and a reminder, the number for Lifeline is 13 11 14. Now, Peter Hooley is an NBL championship winner with Melbourne United and has known Humphreys for a long time. He told us on the scorecard he was aware Humphreys had battled some dark times in the past, but didn't know why. Just incredibly proud. Uh, it's such a powerful story, and the way he, he went about doing it, I think, is everyone in the NBL community is so proud of him. I've known him for a long time, and it takes a lot of courage and bravery. Former NBA player Jason Collins came out in 2012 and last played in the association back in 2014. So with that gap between Jason and Isaac, is the sporting world in a better place to deal with this news, Peter? Uh, Yes and no. I think you still see, unfortunately, while social media you can have people who hide behind fake accounts and, and trolls who like to come on there and say things that... Uh, to try and get reactions, uh, but again, it just takes one and then the, hopefully the flow-on effect and we can all continue to grow as, as people. England had just three nights, four if they partied on the eve of a match to celebrate their T20 World Cup win over Pakistan. Oh, a party. Today, Joss Butler's side is back in action against Australia in a one-day in Adelaide. All-rounder Moen Ali called the scheduling horrible and increasingly difficult to play at the same intensity. But Brad Haddon isn't buying England claiming their celebrations have been cut short. He took aim at the whinging palms in a cheeky dig on the latest step of Listener's Willow Talk podcast. They're lying. You reckon they're celebrated anyway? hundred <laughs> percent. You do not work all that time to win a World Cup and say, oh, I'm going to cut it short because I've got a one-day series. And the coach and staff will be very mindful of that. Uh, Australia will be very short price favourites to, to win this first game, I'd, I'd imagine, Adelaide. But they won't uh, cut short their celebrations, no way. Now, Butler still sounds like he walked off the set of Downton Abbey despite 72 hours of toasting their success. But the captain admits the last few days have been a blur. No, we've celebrated well. Um, no, days like that don't come along often in, in your careers. There's going to be a challenge. There's no point saying, um, you know, trying to say all the right things that we'll, we'll be at our best. 
With less than a week until the FIFA World Cup starting, the last thing the Socceroos need is another injury concern. Scottish-born winger Martin Boyle is yet to train with the squad as he battles a knee issue. Melbourne City's Marco Tilio, who was a tad unlucky to miss out on selection initially, has been flown over as cover. Teammate Cameron Devlin, however, is remaining positive about Ball's chances of lining up against France next Wednesday morning. I think he'll be all right. He's just precautionary. Obviously, we don't want to take risks. We've got a game, the first game in a week, so um, just more of a precautionary thing. But, yeah, if he wasn't to play, it'd be a massive loss. If it's a replacement they need, though, maybe Graham Arnold should look to a legend who's been in camp this week. Jay Hill! Jay Hill! The Socceroos' all-time leading goal scorer Tim Cahill is now based in Doha and has been offering the squad advice in the lead-up to the biggest tournament of their careers. And Devlin, as a midfielder, is lapping it up. Um, I was straight up to him to ask him a few questions about, you know, just, just what he thinks. And he joined in training yesterday, so that was pretty cool to, to be up alongside him with the boots on. The Socceroos need all the goal-scoring power they can get their hands on, especially with the first-up assignment against the reigning world champs. Hey, challenge you to a duel. Sam Kerr scores goals for fun and found the back of the net once again for the Matildas as they signed off 2022 in style with a 2-0 win over Thailand on the Central Coast. It's nice to finish on a high for sure. Four wins in a row after a tough year. So, yeah, we're feeling good but ready for next year to come. That's four wins in a row from the Matildas ahead of their World Cup next year, but the scoreline should have been uglier. They had 31 shots on goal. Hayley Razzo hit the post three times. You don't score until you score. Before FIFA's World Cup begins, the Rugby League version comes to an end with the Kangaroos facing the underdog Samoans on Sunday morning in Manchester. Some of the stars representing Samoa have made sacrifices in more ways than one. It means they can't represent New South Wales or Queensland in state of origin. Penrith centre Stephen Crichton hopes the NRL changes its policy, insisting he can play with the same passion for state and country. Being from both um, born in Samoa and definitely want to represent uh, mum and dad. And but when it comes down to origin and those big arenas, definitely want to represent uh, where I grew up. It was Crichton's golden point field goal that broke England hearts and sent Samoa to its first World Cup final. Kangaroos coach Mel Meninga is hoping for something similar from Crichton's Panthers teammate Nathan Cleary, who hasn't quite found his feet or his kicking game in the green and gold. He still wants to learn. He's, he works really hard at his game. One of the rewards he got from how hard he worked last week was a you know a great game of footy and um, and success. Now it's fair to say Rory McIlroy and Greg Norman won't be sending each other cards at Christmas time this year. I don't like you very much either. And Rory has attacked the shark once again and his involvement as the frontman for the Saudi-financed Live Series. He's called for the golfing legend to not so subtly sail off into the sunset. The world number one says it's the only way the PGA and Liv can repair their relationship. I think Greg needs to go. I think he needs to just exit stage left and he's made his mark. But I think now is the right time to sort of say, look, you've got this thing off the ground, but no one's going to talk unless there's an adult in the room. McElroy is in Dubai for the European season ending championship while Norman launched Liv's Australian event in Adelaide this week. And that's your fast, fun hit of sport for today. I'm Brett Thomas. Catch you tomorrow on The Scorecard. Listener.